This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers and their P3OM, a patented high-end probiotic designed to push out the bad guys. Go to bioptimizers.com slash nomeat, that's bioptimizers.com slash nomeat, and use code nomeat for 10% off. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomeat Athlete Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Doug from Nomad Athlete Radio, and today I am so excited to be joined by Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto, sorry about that, who are brand new authors or have just put out a new book or it's coming out. When is the release date for your new book? It's coming out on October 27th, so it is out next month, The Friendly Vegan Cookbook. We are so excited. Yeah, well, congratulations on that. We're definitely going to dive into some of that and, and things you cover there. But um, before doing that, I guess, uh, why don't I give you guys a chance to introduce yourselves, talk a little bit about um, your background and, and, you know, why you decide to, to work together on this book. I'll, I'll start. I'm Tony, and I run the website Plant Based on a Budget, and I have been plant-based for 13 years now. It started originally for health reasons, but has grown into a variety of reasons that have kept me vegan for so long, including environmentalism and, uh, and animal issues. And Michelle and I have been friends for... I would say we've been besties for about five years now. And I had tried to get her to write this book with me for a while. And it kind of went in the same way that I tried to get her to be my friend for a while, which was, <laughs> which was a, a funny thing. I'd met her and I liked her and I just, her energy draws people in. And so I was like, oh man, I really want to be friends with that Michelle girl. And so I reached out to her. I was like, hey, Michelle, do you want to be my friend? Uh, but really I said, hey, uh, if you ever want to get some dinner or anything like that, uh, let me know. But she had just started working on World of Vegan. And she said, you know, I'm really busy right now focusing all my time, but thanks for asking. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, okay, well, down. I know big time. And <laughs> I, I, um, I'm sure those listening can understand like the hustle, especially when you start working on your own. It's like you sacrifice literally everything else in your life to be able to make it happen. And oh, yeah. looking back, I'm so glad Tony was so persistent. <laughs> yes, I am if, if you could describe me, Michelle, you'd probably say persistent because I did not give up there. I said, okay, well, what if we create content together, vegan content for World of Vegan, and we could do YouTube videos. And so then we started working together, uh, collaborating on vegan projects, which has really been the foundation of our relationship. And it's so nice to bring that to this, that, this project, the Friendly Vegan Cookbook. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually uh, just preparing for this interview briefly before we uh, before we got on. I was watching some of the videos you guys have done together, and they're super fun. They're just uh, I love the energy you both bring to the camera. And, um, and oh my gosh, I hope it's not some of those first those first ones that we did where we were trying to act and like oh, <laughs> no, I, here I, didn't I see am this. doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I think, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. All right, Michelle, how about you? Yeah, so my name is Michelle Kane, and I 
am a vegan food blogger, founder of the website World of Vegan. I create a lot of content on Instagram as well through just the channel Vegan. And um, my story started way back when I was a little kid. I went vegetarian when I was eight years old, and then I went vegan when I was in college. And both of those choices were made just because I wanted to be making sure that my actions and my food choices were reflecting my existing values of kindness and compassion and sustainability and all of that. At the time, I hadn't even thought about health, but soon after that, I became really passionate about health as well and realized that choosing food choices that's kind of for our planet and for animals and for other people is also so much better for our health. (laughs) So followed that path, have been loving it. And for the past gosh, 13 years, I've been really focused on creating content and resources to help make vegan living easy, delicious, and fun for everyone. Just like with Tony and her website, Plant Based on a Budget, we do a lot of that work together now. And we are so, so excited to be um, releasing our latest product with the Friendly Vegan Cookbook. Yeah. Awesome. You know, one thing I like about what both of you guys do is is really try to make veganism approachable to, to everyone. So not just people who are, you know, super fired up and, and want to, you know, never eat an animal again because they watch some documentary or something like that, but try to really make it approachable for people who, um, who want to just eat less meat in their life or, or actually go vegan and, and go hundred uh, percent plant-based. So I guess what, what kind of tips do you have for someone who is, um, you know, maybe vegetarian already or, uh, has flirted with uh, with going plant based, but but hasn't really been able to fully commit and uh, you know give up cheese or give up uh, you know ice cream or whatever it is their 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 final few um, vices are. So, what kind of tips do you have for those people? I would recommend being really kind and compassionate to yourself and setting sustainable goals, sustainable long term, and and sometimes that means giving up one thing at a time. So stopping the dairy milk. And then when you feel really comfortable with that, then stopping the ice cream or the yogurt and finding alternatives in that, that can fill your, fill your need for them. And, uh, and if you slip up, that's okay. You can continue trying. You don't have to give up. I hear from people all the time who believe it's an all or nothing process where they're like, oh, I tried it. didn't work. I accidentally ate whatever. And uh, it's just not for me. It doesn't have to be that way. You can continue choosing vegan options. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of times when people decide they want to be vegan, it's a decision that's made out of kindness and compassion towards others and the world and their body, but then are really, really hard on themselves. So (laughs) definitely being kind to yourself is so, so important. And remembering that, um, this doesn't have to be a sacrifice. You really don't have to give up anything. This whole journey and sort of transition to eating differently can be really fun. It's an exploration of a whole new world of foods you probably never even thought about, including before. I know when I transitioned from vegetarian to vegan, I my diet became so much more diverse than it ever had before. I was cooking, suddenly cooking with foods I'd never tried. I'd never really thought about eating even cuisines like Ethiopian food. I never tried until I went vegan. And there's all these different cuisines that were opening up to me. So 
it can be more of a focus of crowding out the food that used to be eating. You don't have to think of it as giving it up, but rather just trying new things. It could be a new recipe every week. It could be a new food every week. Just try new things, build up your repertoire of of new foods that you're loving that are plant-based. And you'll start to see you're not even going to want to turn to those old foods anymore. I had, I had a, the, the experience where I thought that I would be giving up so much by becoming vegetarian first and then vegan. And I had a very limited palate. I was afraid to try new things. And my family did not try a lot of international cuisines. We stuck to like Mexican food or pasta or standard American diet. And I went into it thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to really limit me. And instead I was introduced to Ethiopian food and Indian food and Vietnamese food and so many other foods that are rich in vegetables and lentils. And I tried new things. I had never heard of quinoa or I had never really eaten brown rice, which which sounds weird now that I live off of brown rice. And I, I just feel like it opened my world up to a whole new colorful uh, variety of foods. Yeah. I, I had a very similar experience, you know, especially, you know, I, I would, you know, the vegetable aisle in the grocery store, I would go to, you know, bell peppers and maybe onions and squash. And like, I'd call that my, my vegetables for, you know, every single week, week after week. But now, you know, it's like this, massive uh, opportunity of to try new things and to experiment and see what see what tastes good but i think for a lot of people that can feel intimidating right i mean if you open up a lot of vegan cookbooks you'll see quinoa and you'll see all these foods and vegetables that maybe you haven't cooked with in the past and that can be a little bit intimidating if you if you're if, if they're unfamiliar to you um you know what are some do you have any advice for for people who like like the idea of exploring and like the idea of trying new foods, but um, but don't necessarily know where to start. Yeah, well, it doesn't need to be hard. There's all these misconceptions about eating plant-based that it's hard and you're going to be spending all your time in the kitchen and you're going to have to try all these new foods. And while there are a lot of really awesome new foods out there that you've never had before, start with what you know and what you love. So if you're used to eating a burrito at night, take out the meat and you can swap in something like crumbled tofu, or you can even get plant-based meats. Just take take what your art, so you're already used to make, having the rice, the beans, the tortillas, all of that stays the same. So it doesn't have to feel like you're starting from scratch new all over again. If you're used to shopping in the middle of the grocery store, which is a lot of the packaged foods and processed foods and, you know, frozen microwave dinners. And for the first time, you're like, I'm going to cook all my food from scratch. And I'm going to start shopping in the periphery of the grocery store in the vegetable aisles and the, and the fresh produce and the, and the grains. And, oh my gosh, now I need to cook my beans from scratch and my rice from scratch. That's going to feel really overwhelming all at once. And it's not to say that you can't get there or you can't make that your goal, but really start where you are and see where you can make little changes to your existing way of living and eating. And then you can keep building on that over time. And I'd like to add that a support system is incredibly helpful. Finding your people online, even uh, your Instagram accounts who eat in a similar way that you do. I know that there are a couple that I have found that are, I, I mentioned I grew up eating Mexican food and they create Mexican food that's made vegan. And so I can 
use the recipes that they're providing and play with those and add my own family flavors. And that is a really great base. So find your people online. There are support groups as well. So if you have a question and you're like, I've never had kale, is there anything else I can use? Uh, kale's not readily available where I live. You can, someone will say, swap in spinach. Uh, so finding your people, finding a support system to help you, especially if you don't have that in your family or in your friend group is very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that is, that's, that's so important. So if, if you, cause for example, I got an email from someone um, who joked that they were the only vegan in, from Oklahoma. I got this last week and, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sure that, that Oklahoma might not be the most vegan friendly state, but I'm also sure they're not the, the only one. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're feeling, if you live in a town where maybe there aren't a lot of vegan restaurants or you're just not at much of a thriving vegan community, then it can feel pretty lonely, uh, especially if you have a family who's maybe not as supportive or a partner or something like that, who's not doing it with you. Um, so having those online accounts, the blogs that you follow, the YouTubers, the uh, Instagrammers, uh, that can be, that can be really good. And Michelle, yeah, and interesting. I I was just going to say, it's interesting. There's actually studies that show that the biggest reason that people turn back from vegan is not because the food is hard to make, or it's not because the food's not delicious. It's none of those reasons. People mm -hmm. love that. It's the social situations and it's mm -hmm. feeling alone and having to feel different and knowing how to navigate all of those paths, which is why that's such a big part of the work that Tony and I do. And also at Nomi Athlete, you guys do so much work to, to help people feel supported and not alone. And like they are part of a community. Um, and that can make all the difference in the world. So if you're stepping into this new and you want to be successful, don't forget that component. Make sure that you feel supported in your journey. Yeah. Did you want to add something? Jenny? That was basically Sorry, what I was going to oh, say. Good. You did a great job. Great job, Michelle. <laughs> this episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers and their P3OM Probiotic. As you probably know, there is good bacteria and there's bad bacteria in your gut. And one way of fighting against the bad bacteria is through probiotics. But unfortunately, many of the low-quality probiotics end up passing right through you and don't actually improve your microbiome. And Matt, when I was doing an interview or a podcast with Matt Fraser last week, he said that uh, every time you ask him to trust his gut, you say, trust your, your gut microbiome. Is that true? I do. It is. <laughs> It is a very nerdy thing that I've uh, become accustomed to. Oftentimes I say like, you know, uh, anyway, yeah. Your, your microbiome, they've actually figured out the connection. Um, it uses, I can't remember, it's either electromagnetic waves or some, some sort of, um, gosh, I can't remember, like the metabolic pathway, whatever it is, uh, to communicate essentially your bacteria sending signals, you know, to your brain. Um, <laughs> and there are more, you know, nerve endings in your gut, you know, in, in your GI tract than there are like in your spinal cord, in your brain. Like it's just, it's a fascinating thing, but yeah, I do tell, tell Matt to listen to his gut microbiota. Well, all the more reason to keep your gut microbiome happy and healthy. <laughs> and that's why I'm a, I'm a fan of a probiotic called P3OM. It uses just one proven probiotic strain that's so effective it has been patented and what it does really well is it fights off the bad guys things like parasites viruses and other pathogens in your gut 
And here's the deal. The guys who make it are so confident that you're going to like it. They'll give you all your money back if you don't. Go to buyoptimizers.com slash no meat. That's buyoptimizers.com slash no meat. And use code no meat to get 10% off. And if you've never used a high-end probiotic that can push out the bad guys, or if you're having problems with your gut and your immune system, give this stuff a try. Go to buyoptimizers.com slash no meat and use the code no meat for 10% off. Awesome. So uh, I think Michelle mentioned plant-based meats. I'm just really curious. Uh, Matt and I end up talk. Matt Frazier and I end up kind of talking about plant-based meats all the time for some reason. I think with uh, with all the new ones that are coming out and how much hype they're getting, uh, we just kind of they somehow pop up on the podcast a lot. I'm just curious what you guys think um, about the new trend for you know all the investment in, in plant-based meats and and where that might fit in for for someone who's new to the diet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. This is such an exciting time. It used to be when Tony and I went vegan, each of us more than 13 years ago. So when I went vegan, there were like veggie burgers, but they were not like meat. They there yeah, yeah. were maybe one cheese inching onto the market that was plant-based, but not a lot. So when I went vegan, I had to completely change everything I was used to eating. I didn't have any of those transition foods to, to turn to, and I was really committed, so I did it. But it made it harder, and it made it harder for other people that were like, maybe I'll try this. Oh, it's too much. I can't eat completely differently, so I won't do it. So it's creating this pathway where now people can have the exact same diet minus the animals, everything they were used to eating, they can still get, and they can now even go to their, if they're eating fast food, they can go to their fast food restaurants and get vegan fast food. They can get all of these things. So it's not to say that it's the optimal in health and wellness and well-being and athleticism and longevity necessarily. Um, but I think it's great that those options are there to create a more sustainable and kinder way to have the options that people are already eating. But I think it's also really exciting once you've figured out that you can eat the same foods that you're eating before, minus the cruelty and environmental harm, um, you start to really quickly become inspired to go a little further and to start um, seeing what you can use that's closer to nature to in place of those products. So like in the Friendly Vegan Cookbook, we don't call for any plant-based meats that you'd have to buy at the grocery store. Instead, we use things like tofu, things like jackfruit that you can shred apart and, you know, cover in a barbecue sauce. And it tastes like pork, really. <laughs> it's like really crazy how you can make plants that are very, very close to their raw natural form taste super super delicious and be able to mock those comfort food feelings that we grew up with using animals. And for me, I live in a very non-vegan world. My spouse is vegan and I'm excited and happy about that, but my family is not, my friends are not, minus Michelle. Uh, and I want to be part of their world. It's really important for me to share food with them and to hang out and celebrate their birthdays. And sometimes I have to rely on, um, I have to rely on those meats to make sure those vegan meats to make sure that everyone is still enjoying themselves. And for a barbecue, for example, if I have a barbecue to celebrate a birthday in non COVID times, 
I want to make sure I have the best option, the best meat alternative available so that my family and friends can enjoy it and think, wow, I, I could actually do this. This sounds, if, if I could eat like this, I'll, I'll be vegan. And it, it sometimes takes those food, those foods to really make their, to really pique their interest. And then also as someone who traveled before COVID a lot for work, I was so grateful to have options available at uh, the airport many places now carry beyond me or impossible meat. And that's really nice as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, without a doubt, it has made traveling easier for sure. And, and a lot more enjoyable, you know, you're not stuck eating a really old PB and J sandwich or something like that from the airport. (laughs) Um, But, but I think that ultimately, uh, so that's, I, I mentioned a lot of eating out or eating at someone else's house, but for, me as someone who's incredibly budget conscious, I, I, I believe that sticking to a mostly whole food plant-based diet is the cheapest way you can be eating, sticking to your rice and beans. And uh, Michelle and I kept that in mind using plants as a base in our cookbook. Yeah. Yeah. They, you're right. Um, the new, you know, the new meats are, are not, uh, not cheap, uh, and they're not a good budget conscious way to eat for sure. Uh, but that, you know, I think that Michelle, you're, you're exactly right that they can be a really good segue for people and they can, um, pique people's interest if, if you're at a barbecue or, or, or somewhere else, you're just going to a party and you're bringing some things. Um, so talk to me about the types of foods and recipes that are in the new book. And, um, and then, you know, as someone is who is uh, really anyone, new vegan or not, uh, you know, I think that meal planning is always a, a hot topic for people and, and something that people are interested in. Um, like, how, how do you guys, um, how do you guys approach meal planning? Is it really like, you know, use recipes from the, from the cookbook or whatever, you know, lay out every single recipe, or is there kind of a broader philosophy to your, to meal planning? Who wants to go? (laughs) (laughs) We're like, we'll go on video to record this so we can all tell what we're talking. Um, Our our cookbook is loaded with recipes that that go from super healthy, made exclusively from plants, like our amazing smoothies, plant-like shakes that are really healthy, um, you know, things like overnight oats and chia pudding, things like that. And then we also create a lot more decadent meals that are going to be great options for anyone who is especially sharing with friends and family who may be skeptical of trying vegan food. If you bring a dish over the holidays, we wanted to include a lot of things that are great for sharing. Things like stuffed shells. So we create a tofu ricotta in a stuffed shells and marinara on it. And it is super delicious. A lasagna that's kind of similar. It uses another form of tofu ricotta and it is so good. And these are things that you can make like our lasagna. If you make a big batch of lasagna, that's a great meal prep. You spend one night making it and then it feeds your family for several days. And it's also something you can batch cook ahead. You can make multiple and stick them in the fridge if you have room. You can even freeze them and bring them out and reheat them. So we tried to include a lot of meals like that that are that 
work well for um, batch cooking to be able to provide meals throughout the week because we know life gets busy, whether you're parents or you are a working person or family have a family to feed, whatever. Time is tight. And so we kept that in mind in our cookbook and tried to keep our recipes as simple as we could as long as it didn't um, affect the flavor. So if we could cut out an ingredient, if we could cut out a step, do something to make it simpler and more accessible, we would do that as long as it didn't compromise flavor. And there's some really cool little hacks that we worked in that that we were able to do as we were like, as we had those goals of making this food as delicious as possible, meat meat lover approved, but not going to take all of your time in the kitchen. Uh, one of our one of our goals was to please everyone at the table. And as I mentioned, I come from a very meat loving family. They smoke everything, and they they just love barbecuing and smoking their food. And, uh, and we had them taste all of our recipes. My mom was a recipe tester. Michelle's family from Ohio, who are meat and potatoes people, they were recipe testers and we got their stamp of approval. So that was very, very important to us to make sure that if we're bringing something into someone's home and this is the first vegan Thanksgiving that they're going to have, that they're going to have a really good positive experience and not have wasted a lot of money on something that didn't work. And that's something that nobody except the vegan enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So that's that. But then also you asked about meal planning and a lot of these recipes are good for meal planning. We have uh, soups and stews, which are always great for freezing. Um, I'm sorry, chapter. And, uh, and then Michelle and I kind of pride ourselves on, on it as well. We run meal plans. That's what we do. Uh, when we're not working on the friendly vegan cookbook, we also have the plant-based on a budget meal plans where we show people how to eat incredibly affordably, uh, at just $1, $1 and 20 cents per serving. And, uh, even if you're, uh, even if you're using government assistance to pay for your food, you can still eat a whole food plant-based diet using those meal plans. Awesome. Uh, my wife is pregnant and she's, our baby's due any day now, actually. Um, oh my gosh, congratulations. So, so I've got the phone on, you know, we're in that, we're in that, <laughs> we're in that point where it really could be any moment. Um, but we've been, we've been freezing a bunch of meals, trying to kind of pre-cook and, and prepare for uh, having less time to cook and, uh, and are having some trouble, like some things just aren't freezing as well or aren't thawing as well as we would like. Um, do you guys have any tips for, you know, types of meals that are good for freezing and good for prepping? Yes. I actually wrote that we wrote this book while I was pregnant with my bebe <laughs> and I was in the heart of that. So as we were recipe testing and kind of finishing up all of our recipes, I was preparing to have my baby. And so I, I did exactly this, choosing some recipes from the book to prep and freeze and have ready some really good ones like split pea soup that freezes great and mm. reheats awesome lasagna, like I mentioned, that's so filling, protein rich, and just really satisfying after you've had a baby. Um, let's see, some of our... I'm just going to jump... Of, I'm sorry. Yeah. While you, while you think about another one, I was just going to jump in and tell a funny story about how Michelle loved our recipes so much that she kept on freezing them and then eating them beforehand because she was like, oh, I really want some lasagna. <laughs> and so she was meaning to freeze them for when she had the baby, but she kept eating them and having to remake them anyway. 
Yes, that is true. And then just a tip for your wife and for anyone listening, because this is something I turn to a lot and we had already wrapped up the recipes, although I wish we had included this in the book, but stuffed dates is Mm. so good. So when you're breastfeeding at night and you're up all night with a newborn, having some quick snacks that you can turn to, that's not unhealthy, but that's going to just put calories in your body (laughs) when you're exhausted, frozen, taking uh, medjool dates, like the really squishy, fresh, delicious kind, opening them up, stuffing them with a nut butter, like peanut butter. And -hmm. you can sprinkle them with coconut flakes or some people do chocolate chips, whatever, and freezing them. It is so good. That is what got me through like the middle of the night needing snacks and just needing to stick calories in my body as a brand new mama. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. She's going to love that. When, uh, when she was breastfeeding our first, um, she had <laughs> just like jars of peanut butter all over the house. It was like her, her like <laughs> breastfeeding stations and she would just have a jar of peanut butter and just be like <laughs> eating out of the jar. So I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure she would love it even more if it was in a, in a date. That's, that's <laughs> it's probably similar to like marathon snacks. You know yeah. how people eat like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something. Cause it's just that you need just the car, you need a carb load basically when you're, yeah, when absolutely. you're going through the marathon of being a new mom. And dad. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hubby loved those too. <laughs> All right. So for the audience who is already vegan, um, you know, I know one thing, I mean, the, the book is called The Friendly Vegan Cookbook, uh, but I know one thing you guys talk a lot about is uh, being, being a friendly vegan. So not just, um, not just veganism being friendly to non-vegans, but uh, being a friendly vegan to, as you, you know, speak to people and as you interact with others, what does that, what does that mean to you? And, uh, and how can people be better vegan, friendly vegans? (laughs) Michelle and I have had the privilege of working for animals for our whole adult lives. And we have tried pretty much every approach possible. And what we have found that works the most and what brings people who are the most skeptical, like our uncle who has made fun of us forever. uh, What brings them back to us is that we've always just remained friendly to them. And we've noticed that through our platforms, that is what keeps people interested and engaged. uh, Even when they still eat heavy animal products and they're just barely dipping their toe. They like our approach that we're kind and we meet them where they are. And we just have had the best success with keeping our, our loved ones and our audience engaged in a friendly tone. Yeah. It's, it's, if you think about there's people who the glass is half empty and the glass is half full, most people want to be around people who are, happy and enjoying life. You don't want to feel like you're in a funeral for your whole life. And it can feel a little bit heavy when you learn about everything happening in the world, whether you're thinking about the health of your loved ones or any, whatever cause is bringing you to wanting to step into plant-based living. It's a lot and it can feel really heavy, but it's so important to focus on all of the exciting, delicious food, all of the progress being made, all of the positive change, and just remaining that friendly source that people can turn to just leading by positive example um, when they have questions rather than focusing on the negative. And that's what we found is just being, being authentic to ourselves and just being kind and compassionate of, of others and very much 
staying away from a place of judgment and all of that has brought so much change in the people around us. And we feel strongly that by sharing food, and, and that's kind of a, the concept of our book, sharing food, offering delicious food is going to let the guard down at the table and allow people to experience veganism, vegan living. Yeah, I think, I think that's spot on and, and definitely jives with the nomad athlete philosophy. Um, you know, my approach to veganism is not an us versus them type thing, but, um, you know, but how can, where can we meet in the middle? Where can we find common ground? And, and lots of times, you know, just by, if someone's joking and giving you a hard time by just kind of laughing along with them or, or playing into the joke a little bit, you know, I find that that like breaks down the, a lot of the walls and really breaks down a lot of the kind of tension. Um, and so then everyone is so much more receptive to your vegan dish or using beyond burgers instead of, instead of meat burgers for a barbecue uh, or something like that. And then, you know, and then once you kind of get in there, people are more willing to listen. They're more willing to try new foods. They're more willing to, do types of things. And, and I think that's how we spread the movement. That's how we make progress. I think about my own story. And I, as I mentioned, I was very skeptical. I did not intend my life to look the way it is now. It was for <laughs> health. And I, I was slowly, very gradually over a long period of time, letting ingredients go, animal-based ingredients. And I just really enjoyed the food after a while and I let my defenses down and I opened my heart and my mind to new information that I didn't want to hear before when I was contributing to those things. So what I've seen as well is a, a similar story from many people who follow me. They first start with the food and they're like, mm, this is tasty. I'm going to just make um, soy riso tacos instead of chorizo tacos. And they start with one dish and continue moving in that direction and then become more comfortable learning about what happens to pigs to come to become chorizo. And, and it's interesting because as I mentioned, I never thought, and my parents never thought that I would be this way, but now they're even this, they're, they're even trying soy riso only instead of chorizo. And that makes me so happy and proud. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I know that you both have large online followings uh, um, through your websites and then um, on Instagram and, and other places as well. Have you, have you noticed a shift in the conversation as you know, the broad conversation um, from people over the last year or two, as it seems like, plant-based movement is really having a, a moment right now? Yes, absolutely. It is, that's been so fun, first of all, watching this over the past 13 years because so much change is constantly happening and almost every year it feels like this is the peak. It's never been so good, but something huge is changing now. Now vegan is no longer a word that no one has heard of. Everyone knows mm -hmm. what the word vegan is. They know it's pronounced vegan and not vegan or vegin or what, you know, <laughs> they, they, everyone, most people now know someone who's plant-based or vegan. Most people have seen maybe a documentary or some videos or maybe read something or maybe aware of factory farming because of the internet and people being able to share this information fast and free and, and openly, now the world is sort of awakened to 
the power of our food choices. And so we're starting to see people can no longer say, I didn't know. So I'm still behaving this way. It's now, okay, now we know what are we going to do about it? And it is so cool seeing that as people learn about food issues, so many people are choosing positive steps in a direction, whether that's I'm going all vegan, I'm going to be plant-based, I'm going to be optimally healthy, What? or I'm just going to try meatless Mondays, or I'm just, whatever it is, you know, I'm just going to try a few recipes, I'm just going to get a cookbook, see what happens, whatever it is, we're seeing so much change, the landscape of our grocery stores are changing, the way people shop are changing, the food on our plates are changing, even like the government's, um, you know, food food recommendations are changing. Our medical field is changing. Everything is changing and it's pointing towards eat more plants, eat less animals or no animals. And it's really exciting seeing that shift trickle out to where now it's like, oh, you know, it's not a, a vegan doesn't look any particular way. It's not a young college student who just got a leaflet on campus. It's your grandma's best friend. It's your friend's neighbor's son. It's, is everyone everywhere um, in any country, in any situation, in any demographic, in any, um, yeah, just in any background is vegan, which is so, so cool. I always, I, I know things are changing when my parents are proud to have a vegan in their family <laughs> because for the longest time it was like, oh my gosh, how did I get stuck with this hippie radical who is in our family and we have to accommodate? And now they're like, oh yeah, I have a vegan daughter. Yeah, I've, she's been vegan forever. And and I, I that's how I know that there's a shift happening is when my own family appreciates it. Uh, but on Plant Based on a Budget, I do survey people annually and have been surprised by how in the past survey uh, this year, 65% of the people who follow me are still eating meat, but they're interested in more plant-based dishes into their life. So I see a lot of people understanding that eating uh, more, more plant-based options and, and eating less meat is going to be what's the best for their family. And so many people are lacking in the kitchen skills and are looking to bring in those, especially with COVID. A lot of people are at home cooking for the first time and want to make sure that their kids are healthy and that they're, they're modeling good food habits. And I really appreciate that. And I celebrate every step toward a more plant-based diet. I love that. That is uh, inspiring. And that's, uh, I don't know, that's just uh, uplifting, you know, especially this year. It's nice to be thinking that all these, you know, that we're making all this progress right now. So that's, that's, that's really good. Um, all right. So any final thoughts on, on the new cookbook, uh, the Friendly Vegan Cookbook and uh, anything else you want to kind of leave people with? If anyone gets the book, you've got to make the fettuccine Alfredo. It is our favorite recipe in the book. It's kind of magical. You make it with almonds rather than with cheese. And I grew up eating fettuccine Alfredo and I thought I would never have it again. And this is just one more piece of evidence that I found over the years that there's really nothing you ever have to give up when you go plant-based. So just give it a try. We hope that these recipes will help. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having us on. 
And <clears throat> sorry, it's really smoky here. So <clears throat> oh yeah, <clears throat> my throat has really been acting up. <clears throat> sorry. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Take your time, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh and for anyone who's interested in uh adopting a plant-based diet lifestyle, uh just remember to take it easy and don't beat yourself up. Keep moving forward. And we are always here to help. We are always here to provide resources and encouragement and we're cheering you on. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you both so much for, for being here. Tony of uh, Plant-Based on a Budget and Michelle of the World of Vegan. Uh, thank you both for, for coming on the podcast today and congrats on the new book. Uh, I'm sorry, October... 27th. 27th. Awesome. Well, I look forward to checking it out myself and, uh, and continuing to spread the word. So thank you. Thank you both. Have a good one. And thank stay you so safe with the fires and everything thank else you. going on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Bye, everyone.